take a deep breath. Breathe in all the possibilities. Now breathe out all the bullshit. Your boss and that friend you don't like. And uh, maybe that family member you had to put up with. Breathe out all that bullshit. Now just relax. And welcome yourself to another momentary mindfulness. <laughs> Anyways. Shit, we back, we back. Hell yeah. You better take a deep breath because we're talking about reciprocity. That's a tough pill to swallow. If you've been following along, we've been going through this book that I I just enjoy. It's a good book. It's called The Happiness Hypothesis. Finding Modern Truth in Ancient Wisdom. And uh, we're in chapter three. And it's an awesome chapter. Let's see. I'm, actually, I'm holding the book in my hand because I don't do notes. I don't know how to do that shit. So let's just back it on up. Looks like we talked about last week changing your mind. And the first chapter which I pretty much know. I just forget what it was called. I think it was just like change or some shit. Oh, the divided self. So yeah, so the first week, you know, we talked a little bit about the mind and and how it works and how it's really like this elephant of the subconscious mind and this little dude on top, our, our actual consciousness trying to drive this unruly beast. And then we got into like, well, how can we change our mind? And that was really fun. And now we're talking about reciprocity with a vengeance. I'd like to start with a couple quotes. One from Confucius. And I'm going to jack up old Zigzong's name. I think it's Zigon or Zigong. We'll call him Zig. I said, Zig asked, is there any single word that could guide one's entire life? The master said, Should it not be reciprocity? What you do not wish for yourself, do not do to others. Woo! That's a hard one, right? Because we tend to judge a lot. I know I do. Subconsciously. I catch myself all the time. Like, holy shit, look at that dude over there. Look at that dude over here. Look at that girl over here. Look at that person over there. They doing it wrong. They don't do it like me. <sighs> it's hard, man. It's a never-ending battle. And that is really what's so beautiful about this book, taking very simplistic concepts that you can apply to your life. And and, and that is the hardest part, right? It's like, you know, being a pastor for so long and then getting into self-help and self-care and mindfulness and meditation all that jazz you really begin to realize that there really are just a few very small components that if you could actually just get those right it would fucking change your life and everyone else's life around you and quite possibly the world i'm talking about like loving yourself and others talking about reciprocity and that's what we're focusing on and that's what's so crazy it's like imagine a fucking world where like we actually treated each other the way we wanted to be treated like 
such a fucking simple concept, right? It's it's really simple shit that I believe pretty much every person in this world could understand. Why don't we do it? It's fascinating to me. In my own personal opinion, it's because we get so stuck telling ourselves the same old story that we just can't imagine that someone else's story's right. We're just like, there ain't no damn way. It's the way my daddy did it. Way his daddy did it. Way his daddy did it. And it's the way I'm gonna do it. So you can just shut the fuck up. <laughs> People get wild, right? So, anyways, back to reciprocity with a vengeance. There is one more quote by Rabbi Hillel. Another big, not big word, but whatever. Some rabbi dude that you really will never remember. That which is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow. Damn, did I just judge Rabbi Hilly Hilly before I even did this quote? Shit, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, oh my gosh. Anyways, back to the quote. That which is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow. This, in a few words, is the entire Torah. All the rest is but an elaboration of this one central point. I love that. You know, I remember as a pastor, there, there was like this really big revolution for a while. And I mean, a lot of churches still say this, right? And they should. I mean, it's a beautiful concept. Distill it all down, man. Yeah, it's this big, crazy book written over the course of thousands of years. And who the hell knows if it's right or not. But a beautiful thing that, you know, Christians often say is love God, love people. And I would love to even elaborate on that a little bit because like, if you don't believe in that, that's fine. Maybe God is, is this thing inside of you that like tends to be the thing that's beyond your thinking and your reasoning and your experience. And so maybe you're loving that thing. Maybe that's what you love. And so love that thing and then love other people through that thing. Through the eyes of that thing. Not through the eyes of Ryan or whoever the fuck your name is. <laughs> Answered the blad. I mean to say fuck. I, for some reason, I'm in like a cussy mood this morning. What the hell? Shouldn't be cussing so much. Shouldn't be using the vibrations from my mouth to make these words that we have deemed naughty. Shouldn't be doing that right now in the morning. Not a good way to get started. But... Maybe it is just that simple. That which is hateful to you, do not do to someone else. Man, it's like it's it's so crazy because literally I could just stop the podcast there. You don't even need to fucking read the book. If you could just spend your life doing that, man, it's so fucking real. It's so real just to treat people with love and kindness, man. And it's the only reason. I fucking do this because my one two and a half year old and beautiful wife and beautiful son are playing at the park right now and I'm doing this because I do fucking care man I care and while I'm here on this planet I would love to see that shift take place where people begin to treat people like they would want to be treated simple as that reciprocity right so the book goes starts off with the Godfather and 
it's really fascinating to see how like he breaks down in the book pretty much this idea of ultra uh, sociality I think is how you say it sociality some shit like that he talks about you know bees and animals and insects and how this is kind of built into them and it's built into us too you know to already have this level of reciprocity and we really do it more for like genetic reasons right we want to pass on our genes and so we have reciprocity already to our to our kids right that one's like a given and then from there we realize that like you know our immediate family cousins and and brothers and sisters and all that also carry our genes so it's pretty easy to understand reciprocity when you think about like your immediate family right and why you would do things for them and why you would work together for the common good of your family. It's so that your family lineage and genes and all that shit can continue on. But what's so cool is like, and and like I said, I want to get deep into this because you can get pretty deep into some of the, some of these chapters and, and go forever. And that's not what momentary mindfulness is, right? It wouldn't be a moment. It'd be like a fucking hour and a half podcast Anyways, but it was really fascinating to, to see how how evolution had made other things like ants or bees or whatever almost become, you know, they, they changed the way they operated. So instead of the way we operate, right, with like a parents and a child, they have like a major queen and then they all are siblings. So it makes more sense for them to live in that like hive mind set where it talked about this really cool part. I remember the ants. I remember the first time I read this book, it blew me away. I was like, what the fuck? But there's like these ants, they spend their whole life just on the roof or some shit of like one of the canals inside this little ant hill while you go to work. He's just sitting there, man. And he's just like a storage unit. His abdomen has become a place for food for other people. Like, shit, dude, that's really taking one for the team. And so he goes on to talk about about all that kind of stuff and and how we're kind of built into that and how we even take it a step further and try to apply like kinship to, you know, our friends, you know? So say I've got this like son, right? You know, and I've got a friend, let's just call him Bob. I don't want to out any of my friends. They might not like that. And then they might not be my friend. Goes back to what I hate. I wouldn't do to another fellow brethren. But anyways, let's say Bob is just a friend of mine, but maybe I want to make him more. So we have this strange ability where now I can call him Uncle Bob, right? We all have had those Uncle Bobs before and Auntie so-and-so. And they're not really your family, but you pl- you would kind of place this meaning. That's what the mafia does. That's why he brought up the mafia in the book. This idea of family, right? And that we're this big family. That's why gangs work so well. Because we we love that. We love to feel part of this, like, this symbiotic, semi-hive mindset for a common goal. Wouldn't say common good, right? Because sometimes it's not good. And then he goes deeper into like the whole, uh, you know, you scratch your back, I'll scratch. Wait, you scratch your back, I'll scratch mine. (laughs) Not that. The exact fucking opposite of that. You scratch my back and I'll enjoy it. No, you get what I'm saying. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. 
And that's really kind of how we built society, right? That's how we created currency. And that's how we did things. Like, man, you work really hard. I'm going to give you this shit for it. And then you can take this shit and you can put it over here and give it to this dude and he'll give you shit. And we can all just give each other shit. And then this shit will become like buildings and stuff and planes and nine to five jobs. And now we're stuck in this place and most of us don't like it, but we did create it and we could change it. But that's for another time, another story. And um, he goes on to talk about you stab his back, I'll stab yours, which... I will get into, but honestly, I want to keep it light, man. You don't hear this piano music. I'm feeling good. I want to talk about gossip and shit, but there is always a duality to everything, right? There's always a darker side. There's always a lighter side, at least in this universe. I mean, anyways, and I love how he kind of ends it up with this little um, section called uh, use the force, Luke, because who doesn't fucking love Star Wars? And, uh, He says, I'll just read this. In offering reciprocity as the best word to guide one's life, Confucius was wise. Because you see, reciprocity is like a magic wand that can clear your way through the jungle of social life. I love that. It's beautiful. truly is. Because I do think that the more we can learn these techniques and how the mind works honestly is like i don't want to say that it's like a cheat code right i don't want to say that we're manipulating people but one thing that's really powerful about knowledge and about knowing oneself and how people work is that you really can begin to to for lack of a better term manipulate your reality for a better one so it's not necessarily that you're cheating someone by like using these techniques that you learn in this book about reciprocity and how the mind works and how you can almost really kind of get your way with people. It's it, towards the end of the book he he even talks about mimicking or not the end of the book sorry the end of the chapter mimicking right and I loved this because I've learned this in a few other ways and and te- techniques and. And really, it's a way to almost kind of become a chameleon when you're talking with people is to kind of begin to flow with them, essentially. And you do it subconsciously, and he talks about it, that you, you, we start mimicking their people's movements that we enjoy, that we like. And so, it kind of, what I love here, he says, uh, reciprocity is an all-purpose relationship tonic. Used properly, it strengthens, lengthens, and rejuvenate social ties. I love that, man. It's so freaking beautiful. Because I think the more we can get out there and be around people and love people and treat people right, man, it's like, ah, it would just be such a beautiful world. Man, I'm getting emotional. This coffee, man, was really fucking good. It's got me tearing up. But really, man, it's... Reciprocity is beautiful. And what's really crazy, I'd never even heard that word till I wasn't in the church anymore. And I'm not trying to sit around and blame the church. I'm just saying that I really wasn't raised even understanding what reciprocity was. And that's kind of crazy, right? We should learn to be there for one another, to pick each other up, to help people, to give to charity. And when you are that person in need, to be the charity and be humble enough to receive. I like the way he ends this. 
Mimicry is a kind of social glue, a way of saying, we are one. The, uni the unifying pleasures of mimicry are particularly clear in synchronized activities such as line dancing, group cheers, and some religious rituals in which people try to do the same thing at the same time. A theme of the rest of this book in, is that humans are partially hive creatures like bees, yet in the modern world we spend nearly all of our time outside of the hive. Reciprocity, like love, reconnects us with others. Whew. Man. We really are one, man. It's funny. You hear these songs sing about it and it touches us. You hear people preach about it. You hear people talk about it. Maybe even now, like you feel the way I feel. There's something strange happening in this podcast, in this episode. Like I feel a sense of overwhelming love floating around me and it's almost too much to handle because it is real we are connected we're on this thing called earth your mind's not separate from the whole man you're all of it you are the universe viewing itself experiencing itself it's intense that's it for me man this is just a great way to start the day. I'm excited to see what the day holds. We'll talk to you next week. Peace and love.